Come on. Bueno. Our Old Testament reading today is one of my favorites. For uh, the end of the story of Exodus, Exodus 40. They've just finished building this tabernacle, and this says this, the author says, Suddenly the sacred tent was covered by a thick cloud with the glory of the Lord, and so Moses could not enter the tent. Whenever the cloud moved from the tent, the people would break camp and follow. Then they would set up camp and stay there until it moved again. No matter where the people traveled, the Lord was with them. Each day his cloud was over the tent, and each night a fire could be seen in the cloud. We hear the voice of God in these words. Thanks be to God. So there's a common thread in the more progressive, eastern-leaning, religious influences that I find myself learning from this day, uh, these days. And it kind of goes like this. Trust your spirit. Follow your heart. Do what feels right. Trust your gut instinct. Listen to the universe. Follow your intuition. And it, the list could go on and on. And, and really, I love these messages. I, I really jive with the message of finding and listening to your truest, deepest self. But as I'm digging deeper down into the core of that, I'm finding out that it's easier said than done in a lot of cases. Maybe you're like me and you grew up in a faith tradition whose main currency was rationalism. Anybody? Yeah, rationalism and critical thinking and scripture was the only broker of truth and rightness in town. It's a, a, a feeling or an intuition, couldn't, if it couldn't be backed up by book, chapter, and verse, then it was invalid. Or at the very least, it was maybe a sin against God. <laughs> Or maybe you grew up in the evangelical culture, again, like I did, with a really heavy bent towards the purity of the body and the soul. I'm sure that's a lot of us in here. And so we were conditioned most of our young lives to distrust the body and its feelings. And it led to a lot of internal dissection, trying to figure out what parts of the consciousness or intuitions were the right and holy ones, and which ones were the of the flesh ones. In that theological framework, uh, the concept of following your spirit becomes increasingly more difficult because you can be constantly questioning the rightness or the wrongness of whatever spirit it is you're following. And so if, we're, if only we were just like the Israelites in this story, I, I so wished I had a cloud, a, a real-life cloud that I could follow the leading and see the actual tangible presence of God. It would all just be a lot easier if that were the case in my life. But we all know that's not necessarily how it works. Maybe you're one of the lucky ones who has had a spiritual experience and tapped into that truest, deepest self, and your inner cloud and your inner fire are gu guiding you reliably through life. But if you're like me, the church gave you what tools they had at their disposal, namely the Bible, prayer, spiritual teachers, mentors, to help you with your cloud-watching. But, but I found that those tools that the church gave me sometimes block my view of the inner cloud by way of giving me too many voices, uh, and I have uh, paralysis by analysis. Anybody else following with me? You know, you know this? So how do I know that I'm trusting the true spirit if I feel like I'm constantly at odds with it, uh, never quite sure which one's the holy one or the flesh one? Let me give you an example of how this played out in my life in the most recent years. So it was about 2017, uh, and I left my job as a minister at a church. And leading up to that moment, something inside me had been stirring for about a year, 
where I considered if, if my ever-evolving faith could live in harmony with the church that I was calling, being called to serve. And for about a year, I knew that my time at this church was over. And it was coming to an end. But rather than trusting the leading of that spirit, I spent what felt like months going back and forth on a decision. And on the outside, it looked like I was doing all the right things. I was praying. I was listening. I was struggling. But inside, I was going round and round and round because I wasn't able to trust my own spirit. And I kept thinking, am I doing this because I want to do this? Or am I truly being led to do this? Because I felt, it felt better to say, oh, I'm being led to do this. But is it something that I really wanted? Was it me that wanted this? Do you kind of hear that theological framework, the old stuff coming up there? Is it the holy one or the flesh one that's leading me here? And I would get myself tied up in these really anxious knots, trying to figure out that if, was this decision a decision of God, or was it just me wanting to do something that I wanted to do for myself? And it was just one of many, many examples that I've lived through in my life, trying to find the right path forward, and then always seeming to wonder later if I've made the decision correctly. And I'm not saying that to wrestle with big decisions like this is bad. It's not. I think I, I, I do some like life coaching on the side. And I think it's good to be able to mull over those big decisions like that. But what I've realized in my pursuit of chasing after true spirit, I've caused myself undue suffering on my spiritual and emotional health, not to mention all that time I spent running around chasing it chasing the answer to a question where I already decided what I wanted to do. Are you with me? So it wasn't until after months of leaving the job that I had that I realized it didn't matter. My, my spirit and the Holy Spirit aren't different. They're the same. They're one. So the decision that I made to leave was always the way of the Spirit because that Spirit is and has always been in me and a part of me. Matt and, and Aurelia, or Matt and uh, Fran both preached some messages in this series talking things about like dualism and oneness. And, and when I scrapped the dualism of the holy, not holy stuff and started accepting the oneness that it's all interconnected, that journey has opened me up and the inner cloud in my life now is able to, I'm able to see it <laughs> and able to, but it hasn't come easy. The cloud watching has never been easy in my life. And so the past several years of this spiritual journey have been learning how to read that cloud, how to follow where it's going. And, and, and I had to, had to learn how to trust that inner spirit that was in my life. And it, it takes a lot of work. And those of you who are familiar with the spiritual practices, this is called discernment. It's an ancient practice. Uh, where we, we try to discern the path forward. And, and honestly, it's one of the toughest disciplines, I think, to learn. But what makes it even more tricky are those original tools that we talked about, the prayer and the scripture, when they just don't seem to work like they used to work in our lives. just kind of makes things more messy. And so I think what we need is a new set of tools, not to replace the old tools, but to go in addition to tools that can be utilized with a more progressive, evolving faith. Uh, or to use the words of Jesus, we need some new wineskins to store this wine that we're trying to haul around. So, for the next few minutes, what I want to do is just give you a few uh, new tools. I'm going to try to take a shot here and see if I might can give you some new stuff to try out. Um, and it's totally up to you if you want to do this. I'm still working through some of these things, and so 
let's, let's just let's work through them together and let's see what happens. So, uh, and by the way, I'm going to give you three things because, you know, it's a sermon, three things. And they all start with M. Don't judge me, okay? Don't judge me. I just couldn't help myself. All right? So the first thing I'm going to tell you is a new mantra, new mantra. So the old theology says that anything that I come up with myself can't be good. Or at the very least, it must be tested rigorously because the flesh and the human spirit can't be trusted. So in the new framework, I want to encourage you to try this new mantra out. My spirit is innately good. Can you say that with me? My spirit is innately good. How would your perspective of yourself change if you were actually able to constantly tell yourself, my spirit is innately good? How would your life change? How would it affect your decision making? How would your life look if you fully embraced that truest, deepest self in you? One of my, my favorite movies is the video game classic Wreck-It Ralph. Um, it's one of my absolute favorites. And in fact, my favorite scene of that movie is the cold open to the whole movie where we find our protagonist, Ralph, um, in a bad guy's anonymous meeting. I, I love this scene because at the end of the meeting, all the bad guys stand up and they recite this credo together. I'm bad, and that's good. I may never be good, and that's not bad. There is no one I'd rather be than me. I love that because the bad guys are mirroring for us how to speak to ourselves in a way that our deepest, truest selves. This is the journey that Ralph goes on through the entire movie. Sorry to spoil it for you. They are accepting and following their inner spirit. Except in our case, is we're good. We've always been good. We will always be good, and the spirit is good, so you can trust it. So try a mantra this week. My spirit is innately good. All right, number two, a new mentality to work with. And I'm not going to lie, I'm still trying to figure this one out, ironing out the creases on this one. So hang with me. Let's see what, what we come up with. There are some things that I've done in the past couple of years that from the outside look to be courageous acts of faith. It looked as, and appears to be as if I am following the Spirit in boldness, not afraid of what will happen, being confident that I am in sync and in step with whatever this Spirit is. But I'll tell you, in a lot of those moments, it didn't feel so much like I was following the Spirit as much as I was drunkenly stumbling after it. It, it, Those seemingly big, courageous decisions that I've had in my life over the past couple of years, uh, quitting a job uh, that was, you know, safe and secure, moving to a tiny house, uh, writing a book, all these things were product of, of the new mindset that I'm working with here. And here's the mindset. You ready? Yeah, maybe. You see, I was a devout student of what some might call the purpose-driven life. Uh, (laughs) Hey, don't judge me. We've already been over this. Every decision has been a theological quest to find the right way forward. Is this the right thing to do? Is this what God wills for me? What is my purpose? Is this the decision that God wants me to choose? And As a person prone to anxiety, that would drive me crazy. And what I realized that in my life and decision-making, I could easily become gridlocked trying to find that next answer because I'm incessantly chasing the right path. So like the story I told you about leaving this pastoring job, I just kept finding myself no way to get off the merry-go-round. And so now, 
what I'm trying to do, instead of driving myself crazy, making decisions that align with whatever the will of God is, I've, de I've decided to start saying, yeah, maybe. Should I quit my job and try something else? Yeah, maybe. Does God want me to do this thing or that thing? Yeah, maybe. If we remember that our spirit is good and that the spirit that in you is God's spirit, what you want to do probably is what God wants you to do too. Living with this yeah, maybe spirit really takes the pressure off of me to always know what the next right thing is. What it is, it's a posture of trust for me. It's, it's a new way to posture myself before God and before my spirit. It allows me a new mentality to fail and to be okay with it. Because it doesn't matter that the next thing is the perfect right thing, because if you're following your spirit, which is God's spirit in you, you are always doing the right thing. Now, I'll put an asterisk on that and a little disclaimer here because I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. <laughs> if your spirit feeling is leading you to hurt yourself or other people, you might want to do a discount double check on that. And let's just make sure that, like, we, like Tori was saying earlier, that our spirit is leading us towards goodness because when we're firing on, on, on all cylinders, the spirit is always leading towards goodness. That fruit of the spirit stuff Paul was talking about, it's a good measure for us to check out as we're trying out this new mentality of, yeah, maybe, what, what does God want me to do? Yeah, maybe this, and maybe that, but God wants it for me it's because it's in my heart. So a new mantra and a new uh, mentality, how about one more, a new mode of living? So just as building relationships with other humans takes time, so building relationships within ourselves takes time. Or to frame it in the context of the scripture from Exodus, you may have to make it a practice. You, you need to become a sort of meteorologist to learn how to read the clouds, to study the signs of movement. Trust is built little by little over time. And so uh, some of us are going to go into this and, and not be afraid of it. But some of us, it's going to take a little bit of effort. It takes time and work to get to a place of self-trust if you're not used to using that spiritual muscle. And I wasn't, based on what I told you earlier. And that's okay. It's okay. That's why we call discernment a practice. It takes time. It's a mode of living that we do over and over and over again to learn how to trust ourselves. And you can't trust your spirit in the big decisions if you can't trust your spirit in the little decisions. And so with the new mode of living, here's what I mean. Can you trust your spirit in those little everyday moments? Can you find uh, those little, uh, you know, kind of spirit movements that it's hard to describe what they are, but maybe it's a, a, judge, a, a nudge to do something for someone. Maybe it's a, a spark or an inspiration or, or a thought. Or maybe it could be a prompting to share a word of encouragement with someone. Whatever it is, and you know what it is, what would it look like to just step and follow that? Even just for a few steps. Can you trust it enough to do that regularly so that you can grow that spiritual muscle so that you can learn how to trust your spirit later on for the big decisions? Like I said, for some of us, for some of us, that are brave and bold, it's going to be really easy for you to do this. Maybe you've been exercising that muscle uh, and you're really good at this, but it's going to take some time for me. It may take some time for you, and that's okay.
So what I want to encourage you to do this week is find those little moments towards trust, towards goodness in your life. Uh, Rob Bell says this, live curiously. Curious, curiosity over calling is what he says. Chase curiosity rather than purpose or calling and find out where it takes you. See where it goes. Trust the Spirit for just those. And remember that the movement forward is always good. So you have a new mantra. Remember what it is? My spirit is innately good. You have a, a new mentality that you maybe can try of, yeah, maybe, <laughs> which will hopefully free yourself from having to always know the next right thing and to lean into trust of your spirit. And finally, you have a commitment to this new mode of living, a new practice, a new self-trust of even those smallest moments to find that spirit in your life and to follow its leading. You can call it your gut, you can call it consciousness, you can call it intuition, impulse, your heart, you can call it the Holy Spirit, whatever you'd like to call it. All I'm going to say is, I'm going to call it spirit and I'm going to trust it as I move forward. And I hope that you will too. I hope that you'll find that spirit in your life this week to be able to, to follow it even for a few steps. So I feel like the, the, in this, I think we need a blessing. So I want to invite you to stand uh, and I want to give you just a, a one quick blessing for those of you who may need this. May those of you who are living in fear and anxiety of distrust of self be released from your suffering and be able to follow that God-given spirit wherever it leads. I hope and I pray that you will grow in this way of living and you will become confident in yourself and know that the things are the work of the divine gift of the spirit. Amen.